It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Barracuda fans, and welcome to a special hour-long season preview edition of CUDA Confidential. In this episode, we'll sit down with Barracuda beat writer Liz Child, head coach John McCarthy, and we'll hear from the players themselves as we set the stage for another AHL season. Welcome, Barracuda fans. Welcome back to another American Hockey League season. I don't know about you, but I I just cannot wait to get going. By far, this was the most active offseason I can remember in my entire life in Sharks history. And I grew up in the Bay Area in Santa Cruz as a Sharks fan. Grew up in the early 90s. I was born in 1990. The team came into the Bay Area in 1991. So essentially, I have been around on this earth since the Sharks began. And I don't remember anything even remotely close to what we dealt with this offseason. Now, it's a little bit different when you work for the organization as opposed maybe to just being a fan on what you remember and the type of changes that maybe occur in a front office. But with the Sharks hiring Mike Greer as its new general manager, taking over for longtime GM Doug Wilson, and then Greer, in turn, hiring David Quinn as his new head coach, and even before all those changes, the Barracuda announcing coaching staff changes in its own right, parting ways with longtime bench boss Roy Sommer and hiring former captain John McCarthy to take over the reins. McCarthy would eventually hire Louis Mass and Kyle Hagel as his assistant coaches. So both at the NHL and the American Hockey League level, we saw wholesale changes in both the front office and amongst the coaching staff. And on top of that, the excitement for the Barracuda moving out of SAP Center, where it called home for its first seven years, and into the brand new, state-of-the-art TechCU Arena. It's been a long time coming for the Barracuda to get its own home. In fact, discussions about the Barracuda having its own home really can date back to even before the team moved from Worcester to San Jose back in 2015. But after a two-year build and the expansion of Sharks Ice at San Jose to six total rinks, including Texi Arena, the Barracuda finally do have a sparkling new home that they can call their own in 2022-23. Beyond just coaching staff changes, a new arena, wholesale changes amongst the training staff, we also saw many players depart the organization this offseason and new faces join the fold. It's pretty customary in the American Hockey League to see quite a few changes from a player's standpoint from year to year, but this year felt almost more drastic than even what we've seen in the past. Heck, you can start at the goaltending position. The Barracuda have three new goaltenders in the mix this upcoming year. The departures from last year include goaltender Zach Sachenko, who signed a contract with Carolina this offseason. Defenseman Anthony Batetto, who left for Florida, where he signed an NHL two-way deal. Defenseman Cole Moberg was not re-signed by the Barracuda. Defenseman Brinson Pashnuk also did not return to San Jose. Forward Joachim Blickfeld, who had a breakout season a year ago, scoring 24 times and totaling 45 points, has since moved back to Europe and is playing in Sweden this year. Sasha Shemilevsky also went over to Europe. He's playing in the KHL this season. Zach Gallant was not re-signed. Jaden Holbgawax joined Blickfeld over in Sweden. 
Mason Yopstu was acquired in a trade right before the deadline that sent defenseman Mark Alt to the Rochester Americans was not renewed. John Leonard was traded to the Nashville Predators. Jake McGrew was not re-signed. Antoine Morin, who also came over in a deadline deal, was not reacquired by the Sharks. He is now over in Europe playing in Finland. Lane Peterson was part of the Brent Burns trade to Carolina. Kyle Topping is now playing over in Switzerland. And Evan Weinger, who played five years with the Barracuda, signed with the San Diego Goals this offseason and has since been reassigned to their ECHL affiliate, the Tulsa Oilers. The Sharks made wholesale changes in the front to office and among the coaching staff. They also made countless moves in terms of player acquisition via free agency or even trade. The organization brought back former Shark and Barracuda goaltender Aaron Dell as a free agent. They acquired Itu Makaniemi in that trade for Brent Burns with the Carolina Hurricanes as an additional goaltending prospect. They signed Strauss Mann out of the Swedish Hockey League, played three years at Michigan to round out a three-headed monster at the goaltending position. The Barracuda also added Patrick Seeloff and Billy Constantino as additional D-men during training camp and brought in former Stanley Cup champion and top 10 pick Derek Pouliot on an American Hockey League deal. At the forward position, Thomas Bordelow will begin a full-time role as a professional hockey player and will start his pro career, at least on a full-time basis, in the American Hockey League. The Barracuda also brought in veteran forward Andrew Agazzino, a perennial 25-30 goal scorer in his AHL career. Tristan Robbins will begin his first full season of professional hockey, a former second-rounder of the Sharks in 2020. C.J. Cease, a veteran AHLer who spent some time up top with the Winnipeg Jets a year ago, will begin his first season with the Barracuda, signed a two-way NHL contract with the Sharks this offseason. Highly touted prospect William Eklund, who began the season last year with the Sharks, playing nine games before returning back to the SHL, makes his way over to North America once again, but this time on a full-time basis and will start his pro career in the American Hockey League. For Daniil Gushin finished up last year in the AHL playing three games, Lighting up the Ontario Hockey League in his only year in Niagara with the Ice Dogs, he will begin his professional career with the Barracuda. Max Verano was a free agent signee by the Sharks after earning MVP honors last year in the SHL. He will start the season in the American Hockey League with the Barracuda. Luke Johnson, who's bounced around in the AHL a little bit in his career, but has NHL games under his belt, signed an AHL deal with the Barracuda this offseason to only bolster the forward group. Ozzie Weisblatt, the Sharks' number one pick from 2020, looks like he'll start the year with the Barracuda and embark on his first pro season. Brandon Coe played for the Barracuda during the shortened 2020-21 season, then returned back to junior, scoring over 100 points last year with the North Bay Battalion. He returns back to the AHL. For the Barracuda, returners back from last year include defenseman Ryan Merkley, Artemi Kinyazov, Nick Chichek, Patrick Hallway, Santeri Hatika, and Montana Anibuchi. Up front, Jasper Weatherby will start the year in the AHL, along with Scott Reedy, Adam Raska, and Jeff Fiel. It's hard to believe that the Barracuda aren't going to have better results with the type of additions that will join the fold this year. Combine the highly touted prospects like Thomas Bordelow, William Eklund, and Ozzie Weisblatt. Then you add proven players at the AHL level, veteran players, players that know what it takes to be successful pros. It cannot be stated enough how youthful the Barracuda were last year. In fact, they've been one of the youngest teams in the AHL over the last six years. But just looking at the opening night roster, they rank in the middle of the pack in the AHL in terms of experience. And that's because of all the veteran additions acquired by both the Sharks and the Barracuda this offseason. Having a balance of veterans and prospects is vital to have AHL success, and it should set up head coach John McCarthy for success in his first year behind the bench. Our season preview edition of Cuda Confidential will continue after this. When we come back, we'll be joined by Barracuda beat writer Liz Child. Future NHL stars are made in San Jose with the Barracuda. Back up, BL. One-timer! Scores! 
AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. And you can be part of every moment of this 2022-23 season. Jeff Fiel has his first of the season. It comes on the power play. And the Barracuda have their first lead of the hockey game. Season tickets are on sale now. To see this family-friendly experience, just visit sjbarracuda.com slash pricing. Shoot and score! The Hilton San Jose is the preferred hotel of the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center in San Jose. Experience something new. Close to home or from across the world, the Hilton San Jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences. Enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious Waldorf Astoria beds and upgraded amenities. We're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out. Visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation. We are Hilton. We are hospitality. Hey, this is Nick Chichek. You're listening to Barracuda Hockey on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Welcome back to our season preview show. We are very pleased to be joined by the Barracuda's beat writer, Liz Child. Liz, first of all, thank you so much for the time. But how are things going as we've got another season right on the horizon? Uh, it's going great. You know, we're getting ready for another year. Of course, as I start talking, my cats are running over things. Um, but no, it's going great. We're having, uh, you know, Heck of a start to preseason. I think everyone's really excited getting a lot of guys back. So uh, I'm doing great. And I think, you know, fans are really excited too. Yeah, lots of transactions earlier this week to kind of set the roster going into the regular season. Friday's game at Bakersfield was much more of uh, what you'd call an ECHL roster just in terms of the personnel. Saturday, more of what we'll see for opening night in Iowa this upcoming weekend. I want to talk about the division, though, as a whole, as we get things started here. Ten total teams now in the Pacific Division this year, the most in the AHL. You get Coachella Valley joining the fold. You get Stockton moving up north to Calgary. So things look a little bit different. There's been a coaching carousel this year. We'll see lots of different faces on benches throughout the Pacific Division, starting with the Barracuda with John McCarthy taking over for Roy Sommer, and then Roy Sommer going down to San Diego to take over the San Diego goals. But I want to look at it from a 40,000 foot view. As you look at the upcoming year, you look at a Pacific division that's always competitive. How do you th- see things shaking out? And what is your perspective on another year coming up and, and how the Pacific division is going to shake out, uh, which should always be competitive. But how do you see things shaking out this year? I mean, like you said, it's going to be a really competitive year. Uh, with Coachella Valley starting up, we're going to see you know a brand new team that, no one's ever seen the roster comprised. No one's ever, you know, had to go up against, you know, just a team of, you know, Seattle Kraken prospects. So that's going to be huge for us. But on top of that, you know, the Barracuda, like you said, we have new coaching staff between, uh, you know, J-Mac and Louis Mass, Kyle Hagel. Um, we have new athletic trainers, everything up and down. And then our lineup, the roster is completely different. I think, you know, most of the guys coming back, um, you know have only been here for a couple of years and then all the guys brand new coming in we haven't seen what they can do at this level yet so it's going to be really exciting I think you know the co- competitiveness between you know Bakersfield Tucson even is going to have you know that team that you we might have to look out for a little bit more than maybe in years past even um just up and down the the entire division I think you you nailed it there (laughs) there's been so many changes that I don't really think anyone knows what they can expect just because of how much has changed yeah to try to to prognosticate in the AHL is almost impossible because of the personnel changes that transpire every single offseason speaking of personnel changes the Sharks returned back from Europe and their trip taking on the Nashville Predators as part of the global series and they sent two young players back to the American Hockey League, Thomas Bordalo, William Eklund, arguably the two top prospects within the Sharks pipeline. So they will start their season in the American Hockey League. They will be in the lineup this upcoming weekend in Iowa. Depending on how long they stay, what are you hoping to see from these two young players as they embark on their first full pro season in North America? Yeah, I mean, I think... For everyone, uh, they just want to see, at least for William Eklund, just kind of him stepping out on the right foot that he came in with last season. You know, he started the year with the Sharks last year, uh, looked really good. They sent him back, and now they're they're having him do a little more development in the AHL. And I think we're really looking forward to that, um, you know, at all levels. And I think that fans, reporters, you know, analysts, I someone's starting with a leaf blower now. Um, it's just going to be really exciting to see overall – uh, what he can do 
on the ice, you know, his creativity, his his shot. I know John McCarthy uh, at the rookie tournament was talking a lot about, you know, how he's bulked up and his shot looks a lot better. And he's, you know, taken a lot of the notes they wanted him to work on. And then you have Thomas Bordalo coming off of that uh, outstanding performance at the World Juniors, um, coming back and hopefully just picking up again right where he left off as well, including in, with his time with uh, Michigan. So everything that, you know, I think could go right for them. Uh, is just going to bolster everything in that portfolio of, hey, Sharks need me on their roster, and I want to show you that that that's accurate. Uh, but for the time being, having them with the Barracuda, it's going to bolster up and down the lineup because now the level of competition of just staying on this roster has been elevated that much more. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see both young players. They each had success at the NHL level last year in short sample sizes, but the Sharks have talked about internal competition all offseason. And the acquisitions of veteran players kind of push down the young players back into the AHL. And I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for any of these young players to try to get their feet wet at the pro level. It's one thing to go in almost in the parachute mode where you jump into a lineup at the end of the year and play a handful of games. It's another thing when you go through the grind of a long and arduous season. It's a much different experience for a young player. So to start in the AHL, I think that's beneficial for all parties. We talked about John McCarthy. We talked about Louis Mass, Kyle Hagel, the new coaching staff. From your interactions with all three of these guys, just getting a feel for their personalities, it's a different regime. It's a different approach as personalities change. That's normal. But Roy Somm, our longtime head coach, has departed. John McCarthy takes over, a former captain. He's got new assistant coaches, both coming from the Western Hockey League. So just from your interactions with these guys, um, what have you taken away from their approach, their mentality, and their goals going into their first season as part of this coaching? Uh, well, I think even when he was first named as, you know, the new head coach of the Barracuda, John McCarthy was talking a lot about uh, just making this a developmental path. So they're all three going to still be developmental coaches. They're all three going to be working with these guys on reaching that next level. It's not just about hey, we're going we're gonna to get this team to where we want them to be for this team. It's no, we want to get these players where they need to be to make that jump to the NHL. So it's not just a, oh, it stops here. We're, we're getting the best Barracuda team we can possibly get. We're getting the best, you know, uh, developing players that we can possibly get. We're getting them ready to make that next step. And just getting everyone to that top tier level, that top ability that they can get to is going to be such a big thing. And both Louis Mass and Kyle Hegel, you know, coming from the WHL, coming from, you know, working with a lot of these players and a lot of guys these ages, um, they're excited to be here. They're excited to see what they can do. Um, both of them have had incredible success working with special teams, working with, you know, players getting drafted, uh, you know, Louis Mass coming from the Everett Silvertips, working with those defensemen out there. Everett's, you can ask anyone, has had one of the most successful defense, defensive cores uh, for the past several years. Um, and he's had a, a major part in doing that. And then Kyle Hagel was working with the defenseman in Seattle and coming out here working with forwards. He's seen both sides of it. He's played both sides of it. He knows what it takes. And just their excitement for being here, I think, is going to trickle down to these players. I think having a defensive mentality as a whole, not just with the goaltenders, but the defense and the forwards, everybody collectively assisting in the defensive zone, I think is music to the ears of Barracuda fans, especially after last year, the way things transpired over four goals against per game, the worst penalty kill in the entire American Hockey League. Just hard to win games when you're giving up at least a power play goal each and every game. So new goaltenders, new coaching staff, entirely new personnel. I want to jump into the goalies a little bit, though. Aaron Dell is going to join the fold. Very familiar to Sharks and Barracuda fans. He was here a few years ago. E2 Makaniemi, really exciting young prospect, came over in that Brett Burns trade. And then Strauss Manny, you just had a chance to talk to a couple of weeks back. Interesting story, really has worked for everything that he's gotten in his career. Played three years at Michigan, went overseas last year to the SHL, played in Sweden, had a really nice year. And the Sharks signed him to a one-year contract. So you've got three goalies, all different backgrounds, all different experience levels. But the way it went last year, where I think inexperience was one of the biggest issues, it makes you feel pretty good confidence-wise going into this year, just the depth of the position throughout the organization. But what are your overarching thoughts on the goalie position 
and just the the variety and the different flavors of options for John McCarthy. I mean, I like like you said, I think it's going to be incredible. Um, three goaltenders with all different backgrounds uh, coming in. We've already seen what they well, we haven't even seen what they can do. We've seen what they can uh, show off a little bit in, in the limited time that we've seen them. Um, Aaron Dell, you know, he's a known quantity. Fans, the staff, everyone knows what you're going to get from him. Uh, he's going to be that reliable guy. But then you have E.T. McNiemi, who just came off of an incredible season with the Chicago Wolves, um, who's looking good. You know, I, I know Chicago fans hated to lose him, so I'm even more excited to get him from him. Um, and then you have Strauss Mann, who... You know, he was highly touted while he was in college and then coming out, you know, going to play professionally and then coming back. I think he knows his game. And like he said in our talk, um, you know, he has that foundation. So now they're just working on cleaning up some little things. And, you know, from what we've seen of him and E2 even at the uh, the preseason games, we're going to have some really exciting things to look forward to. Um, and. You know, honestly, goaltending is my favorite position to watch. I feel like anybody who I've talked to at any length knows that. Um, and we're going to have some exciting guys. It's not going to matter who's in net. We have three goaltenders who are going to be prepared every night to step in and, and steal some wins if they need to. And one thing that's been evident so far has been the addition, not officially, but the addition and return of Evgeny Dabakov working with the prospects. He was up in the NHL the last couple of years working with the NHL goalies, but to have him back helping out on the AHL side, invaluable for these young guys. He had a, he had a great impact on the goalie crew a couple of years ago when he was helping out. He returns back. He's been on the ice throughout training camp, working one-on-one -on -one with these guys. So much respect uh, that all these goalies have for Evgeny Dabakov in his career. We talked about Aaron Dell as a veteran presence in between the pipes this upcoming year. I want to talk about all the veteran additions this offseason for the Barracuda. Derek Pooley, out of former top 10 pick, comes in on an AHL contract, as does Luke Johnson, a guy who has NHL experience, an experienced AHLer. Then C.J. Cease, a guy who's played a little bit in the NHL, has spent uh, the start of his career with the Winnipeg organization. He comes to San Jose. Max Verano, an SHL MVP from a year ago. Andrew Agas, you know, this, this guy is a proven sniper at the AHL level, over 600 American League games. We talked about Aaron Dell. I mean, this is a, a team from an experience level that is light years ahead of anything we've seen over the last few years. I was just looking at the average age in the AHL, the Barracuda, at this point, 18th in the league in terms of average age. They have been the youngest team in the American Hockey League throughout my six years with the team. So now you're in the middle of the pack. You've got experienced players, and you've got to imagine that's going to that's gonna play a big role on just the consistency that you're going to get from a night-to-night -night basis. Yeah, and I feel like that's what we've been looking for out of the Barracuda for a few years now. We've just wanted that veteran presence, you know, um, especially with with John McCarthy not being a player on the bench anymore. Uh, we kind of missed that a little bit over the last couple of seasons and getting all these guys is going to be huge. Um, I feel like personally, one of the one of the things that people tend to forget is with a guy like Derek Pouliot, he has, you know, Stanley Cup experience he's won a cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins granted he got two games in that playoff run but he was still part of that team he still you know took part in that season contributed he has that experience he's coming now to the Barracuda and bringing all of that with him he's had you know seasons of AHL experience a lot of people like to you know I I'm not gonna you know go down that road with a lot of those comments but you know, I think a lot of people are forgetting just how valuable that experience is. And then you have a guy like uh, Max Brano coming over from the SHL. He just, you know, coming off of a forward of the year, player of the year, MVP season. That's going to be huge. He's been playing pro in, in Europe for, you know, for however long. And getting him and getting that experience uh, coming back over is going to be, you know, everything that this team, I think, has been looking for. And then you have a guy like CJ, CJ I'm sorry. I keep saying so Seuss, but it, I know it's not right. I'll get Cease. it at some point this year. Cease. It's still early. It's okay. <laughs> my brain goes with it. And then I just go, mm, I don't know. I'm just going to panic. It's and spelled, that. It's spelled differently than maybe how you would pronounce it. So it, it's totally, I, I think I called it that way when I first, when they first assigned him, but I was like, eh, let's check on how they're actually saying it. So it's a little different than it looks, but totally fair. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's coming in, he's going to bring, you know, that 
leadership quality that's going to just kind of be like, hey, I've been through this. I know what you guys are experiencing. I know how to get there because they're, like you said, there are so many young guys on this team and there have been for so many years that the experience that's coming in now is going to be, you know, I think a little, a little mind blowing for a lot of the fans watching because they're so used to watching all of the young guys uh, night after night. And I think seeing some of this like veteran presence, some of these guys that have been through this already, it's going to be a different experience watching Barracuda games. And I think it's going to be, you know, just add to that next level. We're talking to Liz Child, Barracuda beat writer. You can follow her at Liz Child on Twitter. She's a great follower, really insightful stuff. As we gear up for another season, the Barracuda moving into a brand new home this upcoming year. There's just a refreshed excitement, new uniforms, new coaching staff almost a completely different uh, roster as well. So there, there's a lot of fun and exciting things on the horizon here as the Barracuda will kick off uh, the 22-23 season this upcoming weekend in Iowa against the Wild on October 14th and 15th. The Barracuda were one of just two teams left outside of the dance last year. They expanded the playoff picture in the American Hockey League. Barracuda did not make the playoffs. In fact, they finished at the bottom of the entire league in terms of winning percentage. Things can turn around in a hurry, though, in this league. We have seen it uh, time and time again. So, in your opinion, Liz, what has to change this year from what we saw last year to get the team back to where they uh, were every year of their existence prior to last year, and that's in the playoffs? I mean, the, we've already addressed a big part of it is the goaltending. Um, it, we had quality goaltending last year, but it, you know, especially towards the end of the year, started slipping up a little bit. Um, and coming in with some new, new guys, it's going to be a big experience, but I think personally, the bigger part is going to be scoring. Uh, you can't win games if you're not scoring goals. And I think that was a, a challenge at certain points last year. You know, we had a strong power play. They were getting goals almost, you know, multiple times a night. And uh, even strength was a little bit of a different story. Um, it's going to be a big change. And I think we've got some firepower up front now. And, you know, getting those guys like William Eklund, Thomas Bordalo, uh, Brandon Coe, Tristan Robbins, it's going to be that big change um and I think you know that creativity that some of these younger guys are going to be bringing it's going to add to the frustrations of every other team in this league um or at least in this division uh so it's going to be exciting to watch but I think definitely you know that even strength scoring is going to be the personally the biggest thing that I'm going to be looking for out of this team and that's something that I think there's some parallels with the NHL team obviously the Sharks looking for a little bit more even strength scoring the Barracuda had a top 10 power play unit a year ago but it was a PK that killed them time and time again. They finished dead last in the AHL on the penalty kill. And the addition of the, the new coaches and maybe a change in philosophy and approach and different personnel will hopefully uh, right the ship and get the group uh, in all three phases back uh, to where they hope they belong. And that's back on track. You have a great pulse on the fan base, especially via social media and what fans are saying on Twitter. Just getting a read of the, the fan base going into this upcoming year, are you sensing a lot of excitement going into the arena and all, all the changes that have transpired over the last four or five months? Absolutely. Uh, you know, everyone coming to the arena, especially with that grand opening and getting to see all the jerseys in person, I think everyone's been really excited just to get in the building. Um, and, you know, even for me, every time I've been in the building, there's been something new where I've been like, that definitely wasn't here before. And I think the fans are, are getting excited every time they see something different, something added, uh, seeing the, the Barracuda logos all around, you know, sharing the SAP Center with the Sharks was nice because, you know, you have that same building, but getting someplace that's all Barracuda that we can have, you know, just Barracuda logos everywhere. Fans get to walk in and be like, yeah, this is our home now. Um, it's huge, but you know, the entire top to bottom uh, change, just looking at new jerseys, everyone's kind of had that reaction at, at first of, you know, anytime a team gets a new jersey, everyone's like, oh, I like the old ones better until they see them in person, until they see them on the ice and then starts building into, wait, this is actually really nice. I really like this. I need one now. Um, and I think that's what we've seen a little bit. You know, fans had a, that moment at first where they were just like, yeah, this is a lot of changes, you know, <laughs> getting rid of the orange, we're getting rid of, you know, the teal jerseys um, and then turning around and being like, okay, wait, wait, I might've been wrong about that. These actually look pretty good. Yes. Yes, indeed. I, I think change sometimes, and it's at all levels this off season can be a little bit of a shock to the system, but uh I want to tell fans, wait until you see the gray uniforms 
and they will not wear them for the first couple of months. They're going to go straight black to start. But once they get the gray uniforms, you're going to have the teal pant with the teal helmet and the teal gloves. I think it's going to look pretty darn sharp. So a, a lot of fun things on the horizon. Indeed, another long season is coming up and an exciting season for sure. Liz Child, we can't thank you enough for the time. If you have not read Liz's work, make sure to do so. Head to sjbarracuda.com. She has quite a few pieces up already to kind of set the stage for the upcoming season. And again, if you don't follow her on Twitter, it's a must. She has a great insight and a great pulse on the team. It's at Liz Child. Liz, we can't thank you enough for the time. Look forward to working alongside you this upcoming year. And thank you for the insight as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. A big thank you to Liz. Again, give her a follow on Twitter, at Liz Child. She does a great job of covering the Barracuda. And make sure to read some of her work at sjbarracuda.com. When we return... We'll be joined by the head coach of the San Jose Barracuda, John McCarthy. Phones, laptops, and tablets aren't just devices. They're the keys to connecting to your health. At Kaiser Permanente, you can connect faster with video visits and our easy-to-use app. Track your health with access to most lab results and health records. You can even make appointments, email doctors, and fill most prescriptions. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Appointments as available and appropriate. Features available from Kaiser Permanente facilities. NHLshop.com, the official online store of the National Hockey League and the world's largest selection of officially licensed NHL fan gear with unique one-of-a-kind designs by Fanatics, Adidas, and all the latest styles for every NHL team. Don't miss out. Shop now and get today's special offer. NHLshop.com, a Fanatics experience. He shoots, he scores! It's everything Sharks hockey in one place. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and a destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and at sjsharks.com slash listen. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey plus unique Sharks content all day long. And the fans are into it here at the Shark Tank on the Sharks Audio Network. Hey, this is Thomas Bordel. You're listening to Barracuda Hockey on the home of the Barracuda, sjbarracuda.com slash listen. Nolan Berger joined alongside by the head coach of the San Jose Barracuda, John McCarthy. Mac, you're almost now ready for, for your first season as a head coach in the American Hockey League. You're, you're through a training camp. You basically have the roster that you'll have for opening night. So give us uh, your, your overall assessment, how camp went and just uh, the momentum kind of leading into the season. Yeah, camp was good. Um, you know, it was a little different. We had a fair amount of tryout guys in town, so we actually had to have two practices a day, So, um, which was great. It was great to get a look at those guys. And, you know, we're working with Wichita as our ECHL affiliate, so it's good to get our eyes and our, and our hands on a few of their guys uh, to get familiar with them and their games. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's also nice to get down to one practice, get down to our group that we're going to have, you know, for the year. So uh, this week we've just been kind of touching up some areas that we felt like last week in camp we maybe came up a little short in, um, you know, shown through the games last weekend. So kind of just uh, patching things over and, and also, uh, you know, seeing how our group uh, kind of gels as a team. And, and I th to me that's the more important part. So that's really the part that I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how things go this weekend in Iowa. You mentioned having your team. I just want to talk quickly about those two exhibition games. It's a very short preseason schedule in the AHL, but uh, two dry rehearsals, if you will, one down in Bakersfield where you had mostly players uh, from the ECHL that have since been either released from their PTOs or reassigned back to uh, to the ECHL. But Saturday was more of the lineup that we'll probably see on opening night in, uh, in Iowa. So what can you take away from, from just that short sample size of a, of a preseason and, and – do you feel like guys just getting their timing and, and whatnot? That was really helpful just to have those games. Yeah, I think the timing aspect was uh, was important. I think uh, guys haven't played games in a while. You know, uh, some guys were lucky enough to play NHL uh, exhibition games, but you know, the vast majority of our guys haven't played game action since last last season. So it was good for them to kind of just kind of get back in their game routine, you know, their warm-up and, you know, the things that they do on a game day. Um, I think that was that was the biggest takeaway. We were, we were missing a few a few guys, but uh, like you said, our, our 
our group, for the most part, played the second game, and I thought we did some good things. But at the same time, I think we got some work to do um, as far as we're playing a little bit differently um, than we have in past years as far as systems, and I think just getting those ingrained in the players so they're at, they're at the point where they can just react as opposed to think and react. Um, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. Systematically, just talking about that, a new regime up top, a, a new front office, um, as you guys get up to speed on what, what style you want to play and, and what style they want to play up top, um, how has it been implementing that system? And, and just from a very, I, I guess, dumbed-down version, what are the main differences between the two systems and what you've ran in the past and what the team will run this year? Yeah, I think the biggest um, difference is that there's a lot more freedom within this um you know, you call it a system, call it a framework, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think I think players um, in the past have felt like they were strangled a little bit and they're a little bit too structured. Whereas, you know, this this framework is more allowing players to uh, use their skill. Um, you know, in, in the course of a game. So, I'd say that's the biggest difference, and it's been good. You know, t- to a certain extent, it's actually harder to coach because um, there's a lot more kind of reads and um, you know, coaches like you know, structured X's, O's on a whiteboard, you go here, you go here. This system is a lot more read-based, um, which is exciting because I think, you know, with with the caliber of players that we have, I think we should be able to, it should play to our advantage that they're able to kind of use their instincts um, and, and use that skill that they bring to the table. One of the issues last year in experience, obviously, at the goaltending position too, and just to keep pucks out of, out of your, your own net, and I know you weren't uh, on the coaching staff last year, but you have an intimate knowledge of the team, uh, just keeping the pucks out of, out of the net, over four against per game, I, I know it's just a hard recipe to, to be consistent when that's happening to you on a, a night-to-night basis. So as you guys look at this year, it's a completely different uh, goaltending room. Um, you've got a blend of experience and, and youthfulness in that room, um, but collectively as a group, not just relying strictly on a goaltender to stand on his head on a nightly basis. How can the entire group help out? And then systematically, are there anything different defensively that you guys are trying to implement this year? Yeah, I think I think it's about creating a culture. I think you kind of you touched on it a little bit. I think it's about creating a culture where the guys are playing for each other and the guys really want to help that goaltender out. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of want a team where – you know, by by halfway through the year, it kind of runs itself, meaning, you know, the guys are in it for the right reasons. They're battling for each other, and I think that extends to the goaltending position. Um, systematically, yeah, we, we're doing a little bit a little bit different uh, structure, framework in the D zone, but I think um, the kind of intent behind it is ending plays and transitioning from defense to offense quickly um, is the overarching theme that I think you know, we, we want to get through to the players is that we don't want to play in the D zone. They don't want to play in the D zone. Nobody, it's not as fun as playing offense. So we might as well try to end plays and go play on offense quickly. Quickly. I guess the best uh, the best defense, they say, is a good offense, right? You, you stay in the, the opposing team's zone. You won't, uh, by the time we, we finish up this interview, you have not announced your leadership group for the upcoming year. But just looking at the team on paper, doing the quick math, you're about in the middle of the league in terms of experience now as opposed to what you've had over the last four or five years, which is the youngest team in the AHL. As you look at some of the veterans that have come into, into the fold, I look at you know, CJ Cease, an experienced player, Luke Johnson, Derek Pouliot, Max Verano, uh, Andrew Agazino, really probably your most experienced player um how beneficial has it been for you to have those guys and um describe to us kind of the the communication with players that have more experience than what you've been used to over the last few years how do you communicate with those players maybe differently than you would with a young player yeah you know i've, I've done my best over the last uh week or so to kind of meet with those older guys in a one-on-one setting um just to chat about you know where they're at hockey wise get to know them a little bit establish a relationship uh, with them, you know, so that moving forward we can we can be productive in a hockey sense. I think it's more about kind of establishing that foundation of you know how we communicate and and you know what the relationship between us will be. Um, I plan on establishing a leadership group, not necessarily um, letters, probably a little bit wider net than just letters, um, and using them as a resource. You know, I think. Uh, if you look at time spent together, the, the players spend a lot more time together than I spend with the players. Um, so, you know, if, if, if that leadership group can be an extension of myself, my staff, and, and uh, my message, you know, I, I feel like that's a win. So I want to make sure I establish that group early on and, and you know, make my intentions clear. Um, but also, you know, take their input. 
um, and, and that's exactly what it is, input. You know, it's I'm making the final call because I, I got to keep the best interest of the team in mind. Um, that's my job. Uh, but you know what? I, I, I always tell them my door is always open. If, if anything comes up and you want to come, bring it to me, and we'll talk it out, and we'll, and we'll move past it. We'll both be better for it. Talking about the new coaching staff, new front office on the shark side of things, it's kind of a fresh slate for everybody. Now, for some players who build equity, maybe in the past, it starts over and uh, they've got to basically rebuild their, their uh, not reputation, but just show off to the, to the new folks in, in positions uh, higher up that they, they belong and they deserve an opportunity at the next level. Have you addressed the team at all in regards to that, just in terms of getting opportunities and that everybody is really kind of on a level playing field with completely new personnel now in the building? Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on that development camp, we, and uh, Greerzy touched, excuse me, Mike touched it, touched on it um, at the beginning of training camp, and, you know, it's true. I, they don't necessarily care where you're drafted, don't really care how high you're drafted or what you did last year. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, this, this is a very much uh, what have you done for me lately business, and, you know, the sooner guys recognize that, um, and, you know, it could be a positive or a negative. You know, if maybe the first few years haven't gone the way you wanted, it's a somewhat of a fresh start. Um, and same thing within the season itself. If you have a bad start, that doesn't mean you're written off forever. If you can find your game around Christmas and you put together a, a stretch of 10, 15 solid games, you know, that's how you can earn a, earn a call up too. So it's very, you know, this season, um, especially for younger players, um, it's a long season. And, you know, there's ups and downs, and I think that's our, our job as coaches is to kind of manage those players through those ups and downs so that it's never, it's never as bad as it seems, it's never as good as it seems, you know, and, and you, gotta just, you have to have the same approach regardless of where you're at. Yeah, I think fans maybe more so than even coaches put stock into opening night rosters in the NHL and things change in a blink of the eye. A guy makes the team and then or doesn't make the team. He could be in the NHL just days later. I want to talk about a couple of young players that you will get at the start of the year and that Sharks fans are obviously uh, very in tuned on, on their development and where they stand. Thomas Bordelow, William Eklund, arguably the, the organization's top two prospects. They will start in the AHL. Just from a coaching standpoint, what do you hope to see from those guys as they'll join your group and, and hopefully can provide provide some sort of offensive punch to your club as well yeah you know I think you hit on I think both of them are high-end offensive players and they, they need to show they need to show that at this level you know if um if they're planning on <clears throat> playing in the NHL you know um throughout my time as a player I think back to Logan Couture he and I started the same season uh in Worcester and he lasted probably just over half a season I would say um, but he was well over a point a game, and you know you can't you can't go strictly by points uh, to gauge your game. But you know his that dick that basically explains where his game was. I think even by the end of the season, he missed the last half of the season. He was still like the third leading scorer on the team because he was that dynamic, and he would, he stood out on a nightly basis. And I think that's the approach those guys have to take. Um, now the way that they do it is also going to be important because they have to take care of their own end. They have to be responsible defensively, but where there's an opportunity for them to showcase their offensive talent, we expect them to be able to do that. Um, so I'm excited to see you know what, what they can do. One last question for you. You're still getting used to your new role as head coach and still working alongside your new assistants as well, but how has that chemistry kind of matured and developed over since, I guess you can go back to development camp and now to this point leading into the year? Yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. Um, you know, like you said, our staff came together right around development camp, which is in July. Um, and we, you know, stayed in touch the rest of the summer. Then we, we all got out here a couple of weeks before camp started. So we had an opportunity to talk things through and kind of get our package together and figure out the best way to, to coach. And so far, it's, it's come along really well. John McCarthy, head coach of the Barracuda. We can't thank you enough for the time. First of uh, many conversations throughout the year. But thank you again. Best of luck. Thank you. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment. Made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. When you hear coordinated care, what do you imagine? Nurses going viral for their dance routine? <laughs> Not here. At Kaiser Permanente, coordinated care has nothing to do with dancing and everything to do with quality and convenience. With Kaiser Permanente, you don't have to worry about getting your records sent from place to place because our electronic medical records seamlessly connect all of your doctors, nurses, and specialists. It's so easy, you might do your happy dance. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. 
Future NHL stars are made in San Jose with the Barracuda. Back up, BL. One timer. Scores. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. And you can be part of every moment of this 2022 23 season. Jeff BL has his first of the season. It comes on the power play. And the Barracuda have their first lead of the hockey game. Season tickets are on sale now. To see this family friendly experience, just visit sjbarracuda.com slash pricing. Shoot and score. Hey, this is CJ Cease. You're listening to Barracuda Hockey on the home of the Barracuda, sjbarracuda.com slash listen. Welcome back to our season preview edition of Cuda Confidential. We make our way into the locker room, starting with Barracuda goaltender Aaron Dell. It feels like home. It's great to be back. And, uh, you know, it's it's good to be in a place that, uh, you know, I'm familiar with. Uh, you know, with the baby, too, it's great to have, have family around with my wife being from here and stuff. So, it's yeah, it's great to be back. Looking just at the goalie room, um, everybody kind of has a different level of experience in that room, um, different styles as well. But as you come into this group, what do you hope to provide just as a veteran uh, at the position? I think goalie is kind of a a position you need experience. You kind of have to go through uh, some tough times, some good times, and you have to learn how to kind of deal with both. And, you know, it's it's great to have Nabby around for that. He's he's had one of the more uh, experienced careers out of out of anybody in the league. So, uh, it's great to have him around, and you know I I hope I can pass some of that on as well to uh, some of the younger guys. I know it's early, but uh, you played with John McCarthy. You had Nabby coaching you up, I think, probably during your one season in the AHL. But uh, just having J Mac as a coach, it's still early. But uh, what has it been like having him, you know, in the room leading the guys? Uh, he's he's great. He was uh, a leader on the team when I was playing with him before and stuff like that. So it's it's great to see him take over that position. You know, I'm really really happy for him that he's doing that and. Uh, I, th- I think the guys respect him, and he's he's played. They they know that he's he's been through it all, and uh, I think having that in the back of their heads, I think, really helps as well too. CJ Cease has been around the block, but his entire career has been played within the Winnipeg Jets organization. This past offseason, he signed a one-year, two-way contract with the Sharks. Here's CJ Cease. Uh, it's been good. Um, you know, it's been fun to kind of get to know all the people here and the organization and how it's run and. Um, you know, I'm excited to get the season going, and it's been good so far. Training camp went well, and um, Barracuda training camp went well, and, went well, and we're, I'm really excited to get the season going. What about the Sharks organization was intriguing for you to kind of new, fresh start, new organization, uh, different surroundings, but what was kind of intriguing about this opportunity? Just that, the opportunity that came with coming to San Jose and um, and, and the organization, and, and my agent had good things, and um, you know, we have a young group here, and um, I'm looking to be a leader on that on that side of things. So um, for the most part, I'd say the opportunity and, um, you know, San Jose isn't a bad place to come to. So, Just from a leadership standpoint, this, this was the youngest team in the AHL last year. A handful of veterans, including yourself, have come into the mix this year. What type of role are you trying to take beyond just your play on the ice? What type of role in the room are you trying to take? Um, just set my set, – um, just set an example for the younger guys um, kind of lead by example and um, not a type of guy to kind of do the hoorah and just kind of go out there play the right way and play hard and kind of hope that translates to the younger guys one more for you just for fans who are not familiar with their game just describe the type of player you are um, I'd say I'm a two-way forward who has an ability to play in the D zone as well as the O zone um, I like to get on the four check and be around the net and score some goals. Max Verano played college hockey at Princeton before beginning his NHL career with the Ottawa Senators. After he was left without a contract during COVID, he went overseas to the SHL. In 2021-22, he was named the SHL's MVP. Here's Max Verano. Oh, it's been uh, so much fun. It's a great organization. Great to be here. Uh, There's a lot of good players here, and uh, I know... uh, both teams will be very, very competitive, and hopefully, I don't know, starting with the Barracudas, hopefully we can start off strong and win a couple games early on. SHL, considered one of the, the best leagues uh, in the world, you know, below the, below the NHL. MVP in that league a year ago. When did it start, uh, teams start calling? When was their interest? Was it was it prior to the to the end of the year? How'd that all shake out, and how'd you end up here in San Jose? Uh, well, I kind of got my agent just to reach out kind of halfway through the year when I was having a pretty good year and just say, hey, if there's any... If anybody's interested, just let me know. And uh, the Sharks were very interested. And, uh, no, it's uh, just awesome to kind of be wanted and everything, just to have another chance and uh, just to be able to fulfill my dream again and to play in the NHL. It's always uh, it's always amazing. So I'm just like, we'll thank the organization. And uh, hopefully 
I can just play some good hockey here and get my chance. So take us back uh, quickly. Just you were in Ottawa's organization. You played a little bit in the NHL. Then you go overseas. So how did that come to be? Was it just, hey, I'm going to go overseas. Let's see what happens. Or like what went through that decision? Uh, it kind of COVID cut out a big uh, part in it, especially because the, the NHL and NHL season were both kind of pushed back for forever. And I didn't have a contract that year and kind of everybody was waiting. So I got offered in Sweden to go play and I thought, hey, might as well. <laughs> Still, I wasn't sure what was going on in North America, so I decided to just go over there and play. And I loved it over there. It was a great, great two years. So just uh, about the experience of Sweden, bigger rink and adjustment there to go there. And now you got to come back. Have you have you noticed it being any sort of adjustment for you coming back to the smaller rink? Yeah, it was just just a little bit. Uh, style of play is a little bit different, but for for the most part, it's uh, it's it's still hockey at the end of the day. And uh, you know, uh, the biggest difference I'd say is just the quality of players. Obviously, the NHL is the best league in the world for a reason. So that's that's the biggest difference. And just gotta. Play, play my best to be able to get there and obviously the HL is a lot of really really good kids and you know excellent and poor lower down here right now we're just talking about kind of the group and the tempo and the, the pace so far of camp going into the regular season what have your thoughts been just about uh, the pace of play the, the talent level and the group maybe you guys have here I know there's no predictions here but uh, just what the group you have as a whole oh I'm pretty confident in the group actually uh, I know it's a pretty good uh, environment to start off and that's always a nice thing when everybody can starting to get along and it feels feels like very uh Congress kind of comfortable around each other right now so it's pretty good to start off that way and uh on the ice and i think the preseason games and whatnot we we play pretty well and hopefully we can just keep that going and i think we're a really good team with a lot of a lot of good players so hopefully we can have a good season what do you feel like you have to do to get to to the nhl and fulfill that goal is there anything that you do uh differently or you know what what type of game do you want to play and it, just to get to where you want to be well, personally, hopefully I can be able to score goals and, and and do that aspect of the game. But I think just being able to play a 200-foot game, that's the biggest thats the biggest part. So the coach can trust you defensively or offensively. So I think if I can just do both, play a 200-foot game and also score some goals, I think that would give me a pretty good chance. The Sharks selected nine forwards in the 2022 NHL entry draft. Their first pick, 31st overall, was forward Ozzie Weisblatt. Weisblatt is set to begin his first professional season in 2022-23 with the Barracuda. Here was Ozzie Weisblatt. I feel really good. I think, you know, the summer was big for me, and, you know, I, I wanted to work on every area of my game and really show my compete level and just show the things that, you know, that got me here in the first place. So um, just excited to get, get started and... Um, yeah, it's a it's a great group of guys, and uh, it's it's a little bit of a change coming from junior hockey to you know playing with guys that have you know kids and are married and and stuff like that. So it's it's an adjustment, but it's it's been really good. Just looking at the Sharks as a whole, there's been a lot of changes this off season, uh, front office wise, coaching staff wise. Do you come into a situation like this saying it's new eyeballs? I've got to I've got to prove that I belong, that I am uh, I'm part of the future, or is it just I'm going to come here and play my game? No, 100. percent I think. You know, the way I've been brought up in my life is, you know, everything's earned and, you know, nothing's really given to you. So, you know, as as long as, you know, I'm alive, I'll, I'll, I'll earn everything. So, um, you know, I really love what they're preaching here and, uh, you know, what they're trying to do with this team. So, you know, I, I believe in what they're what they're uh, what they're speaking. Just looking at the team from, from last year, the Barracuda, the youngest team in the AHL. This year, there's some veteran guys who have been around the block. You mentioned kids. I don't think we had anybody last year with kids, and we've got like four or five guys this year with kids. So have you noticed that some of the older guys have been vocal um, or just kind of elevated just the tempo and trying to guide you young, you young players along? I think in kind of every aspect, um, you know, they have experience, and that's something, you know, us young guys don't have. And, um, you know, they, they know what it's like to be coming in and as a young guy, and, you know, they – know what it takes to stay in the league um so you know anytime i can kind of pick their brain and you know ask questions and you know they've been great with that just helping me along and you know just showing what it takes really sharks fans familiar with you you're a first round draft pick but they didn't probably see a lot playing up in in prince albert so um just from the small sample size obviously you're a player that plays with a lot of pace um but just describe your game what type of player do you want to be and what do you want to provide on a, on a nightly basis yeah i i want to be an offensive forward and um, you know, I just kind of do everything. I think, you know, the way my, my game style is, you know, I'll work hard all over the ice. And at the same time, I think I'm really skilled to, you know, make plays in close. And, you know, that, that's something I really worked on in the summer and uh, just to get ready to play against older guys and stronger guys. So, 
Arguably the Sharks' top prospect, William Eklund, who's taken seventh overall in 2021, went overseas last year after beginning the season with the Sharks. This year, he'll be in North America for the entirety of the year. Here was William Eklund. Yeah, I think it's good for me, you know. Uh, last year, I was I didn't know really uh, what to do. And this year, I know I'm going to be here and, you know, come into this climate and how, how it works over here. So that's that's really good for me. Just having that experience to knowing a lot of the faces and a lot of the personnel and the players, has that helped as well too? Last year it was everything was new, everything was fresh, you didn't know anybody. Now you know a lot of the folks. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's important to, to feel like home and that you know a lot of people and uh, you know some people you look up to and, and those people you're going to you know, uh, try to yeah, get better. Just, just in terms of your your development, where you're at right now, you're you're going to start here in the AHL. Thought is obviously that you're going to be an NHLer, and it's only a matter of time. But while you're here in the AHL, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish and take away from this experience? Yeah, I'm just trying to get better every day, you know, and, and make me and the the team better every day, and just trying to win games. That's that's my biggest thing. You haven't played in the AHL yet. You have played in the NHL, and there's a difference, but it's still a high level of hockey here in the AHL and really skilled players. So, again, just trying to evolve your game, complete your game, and be an NHLer. What can you take away, and what have you taken away so far in the first couple of days of practice with this group? Yeah, I think we're going to have a good group, a group that wants to get better. Everybody, that's what I'm like seeing on the ice. And I think that is the most important, that you have a group that's that's willing to practice every day and come here and wanted to get better just going back to last year going back back to sweden i'm sure it was it was nice in a sense but also kind of disappointing so what was the mentality going back there was it i'm going to try to take advantage of this was it uh maybe disappointed initially but w what was kind of the approach once you did find out you're going back yeah you're just trying to you know get better every single day i think that's the the, the thing you can really work on and the thing you can handle because a lot of things you can't handle. So you're going to just give it back in. I was trying to get better every single day and do as best as I can. Scott Reedy had 18 goals in the American Hockey League last year and then tacked on seven more during his time up top with the Sharks. Reedy is poised for a breakout sophomore season, but he'll begin the year with the Barracuda in the AHL. Here was Scott Reedy. Yeah, I think it's just about playing uh, consistent hockey down here. Uh, I'm sticking to my game. I think that's what, what led me to the... Uh, to the NHL level last year, so it's just going to be sticking to my game and um, you know being a leader down here and, and uh, continue to generate offense and just play a 200-foot game. What was the biggest, I guess, learning curve uh, during your time last year in the NHL? Again, started in the, in the AHL and kind of forced the hand of uh, upper management last year, but what do you find to be just the biggest adjustment to the NHL level? Well, for me, I always talk about it coming from college. Uh, it's just how many games you're playing, um, constant travel and stuff. It's just uh, you look at some of the older guys, the way they take care of their body at that level, and um, you just got to stay on top of it, uh, spend some extra time on the bike or in the weight room, just uh, um, you know, preparing and, and cooling down the body after after games. J Max said it that uh, Mike Greer he addressed the group during development camp and just talked about everybody kind of having a fresh slate, and it's it's good for young players who are coming in and, and just want a fresh start, but also for players like yourself who have been here now, they've got to almost start over in a sense. What, what is kind of the approach with a new group? Do you change anything? Do you recognize that you've got to try to make an impression with this group now? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, clean clean slate is good for everyone. Um, you know, for me, it's uh, you know it's it's nice knowing what I did last year, but that's just uh, you know confidence for my, myself and uh, being able to continue it on this year so I think every year no matter what um, in a position that I'm in you gotta you gotta prove it um, not only to yourself but um, to everyone in the organization so um, for me it's just um, you know it's just a message to, to compete and uh, continue to earn my spot. Just talking about your involvement as a player you thinking about the best version of yourself and the best version of yourself getting to the NHL what is it what things are you doing doing well? Uh, it's just using my brain I've always uh, relied on my my hockey sense uh, positioning um, you know, taking face-offs when I need to. And then uh, obviously the big thing for me is net front, um, generating offense in front of the net, and then um, using my body to pr protect the puck and create space for other players. Just talking about like the grind of a college season compared to a pro season, is there anything that you can do to prep for that? Or is experience really the only thing that kind of gets you prepared for the grind of a season? Yeah, I think I think experience is the only thing. Um, you know, you can get your get your body prepared in the weight room, obviously in college, and um, get your body as prepared as you can. But until you play... Um, an 82 game schedule it's just there's nothing you can really uh, really do to to do that while you're in college 
I don't know if you can take anything away from the group and, the, and you know, the guys you have here in the room with the Barracuda. It's only been a week of practice, but have you noticed any changes in terms of tempo or pace or even structure of practice with a new coach uh, being back here in the AHL? There's just a lot of new faces this year. Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's definitely a lot of new faces, but, um, you know, it looks like we got some uh, some really good pace to practice and, um, you know, the older guys coming in, it's, uh, you know, we got a good group up there leading the young guys. So it's, uh, there's guys around here to look up to and um, lead us and obviously the coaching coaching staff seems dialed in and, um, you know, we have our meetings every day before practice and um, I feel pretty prepared every time I'm going out for, for practice and I think the, the group's been really good this week. That'll do it for our season preview edition of CUDA Confidential. A big thank you to Liz Child, John McCarthy, and all the players who helped make it possible. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thank you so much for listening and so long until next time.